0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Iron Mind Aaron podcast, episode number three, A Fighter's Heart. This is all brought to you by Dom Z Productions, the man that takes care of the audio, visual, you name it. He takes care of it for me. He's the man. But we look at the mindset that fighters have. So fighters are presented a resistance, and essentially they have to step up, and they have to, well, they don't have to step up. If they show up and they don't Uh, attack that resistance, then they're defeated. But it's the concept and mindset of actually rising up and going after what you want. Maybe it's defending yourself or maybe for you it's going on the attack. So this is something that happened, occurred to me very early on in my life. And I remember this story uh, like it was yesterday. I was probably in first or second grade. I believe I was watching uh, one of the Back to Future movies, maybe it was two, so this is going to date how old I actually am. And uh, I went to use the, the restroom in a movie theater. I walk in, and I'm standing there at the urinal, kind of doing my thing. A kid walks up, and I remember it because this kid was blonde, had a mullet. And this is back when mullets were cool the first time. Actually, I don't think they were cool then. They're actually coming back in style now. But this dude rolls up, shoves me for no reason. So I take care, zip myself up, turn around, and I toss this dirty headlock on him and drive him right into the stall door and start banging his head on the stall door. Now, this was a bigger, older kid than me. It hit me that I needed to defend myself and I needed to retaliate. And then I literally shoved him. I think he was shocked because I was a much smaller and younger kid. And I got the hell out of there. So I look at this moment and then I move forward. Man, I go all the way through high school into college and some of the years after, or I developed a mindset, essentially, I got fed up. So when I got fed up, I would stand up for myself. And in this way, a lot of times I was retaliating physically. This started to not work out for me uh, because there's a lot of ramifications for fighting or, you know, if we look at physical violence or, you know, any of this stuff. The concept as I turned it was I was able to use this. For my advantage, when I got fed up or fired up, and I wanted to shift my perspective and I wanted to go after you know my goals, so instead of being physical, I used this and I used this in my motivation. So I took being fed up, I took you know any sort of resistance as a even doubt. If you doubted what I was going to do, I was going to prove you wrong. So I see this concept of having a fighter's heart. And I see it applying across the board to anyone. So, you know, you're going for a job, a job interview. I was talking to somebody today at the gym and they said they got turned down. They actually got hired and then something happened. I'm like, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, I don't know. What you're going to do is you're going to go back out there. You're going to apply for more jobs. You're going to get aggressive and you're going to put yourself out there in a positive manner. We look at this, you know, in a physical aspect. If people laugh at, you know, we have our New Year's resolutions crew coming into the, the new year. If I was this, and now this is me as a gym owner and a trainer, a strength coach, and I've seen this year and year again. And then honestly, the running joke is that, oh, New Year's resolution people are coming in, you know, you know wait for like, you know, 30 days and then they're out of the gym again. But I would get pissed off and I would use this if somebody told me that my New Year's resolution was bullshit. The fact that I was going to be a flash in the pan. I would use this and go, fuck you, I'm gonna show you and I'm gonna prove it with my day-to-day effort, my consistency and my willingness to better myself. And that's just in a physical form. We look at all this across the board. I was told, this is, this is a great story too, in high school, I uh, I have uh, dyslexia, dyscalculia and ADD. So this was nowhere to be found or undiagnosed in high school. I went on to get my uh, bachelor's degree and then later on a master's degree not knowing that I was dyslexic and had dyscalculia so you know I was a psych major behavioral statistics absolut- absolutely sucked anything with numbers but my guidance counselor in high school told me that I was lazy and I was too busy being the class clown or diverting my attention instead of focusing on my schoolwork when lo and behold I was I was like lost in math, um, in English, and spelling. That's why you see some of this stuff when I, I type and post things on the Iron Mind page, you'll see spelling errors and grammar errors. This used to paralyze me. Anytime I had to write, anytime I had to talk in front of people, anytime I had to do anything, where it was based on my intelligence. And then I got fed up. I'm like, fuck you. This guy literally told me, my high school guidance counselor, which the same gentleman was too busy my senior year to meet with me because he was playing golf, taking off half days in high school to play golf and wouldn't meet with me about my career. I finally get this meeting with him. I sit back and the guy goes, he goes, you're not college material. You might wanna think about the military. And in my head, I'm like, fuck you. You're gonna tell me that I'm not college material. Now, this takes a whole spin. We look at what's college material and the benefits going to college. That's a whole different podcast. But when somebody told me that I wasn't smart, essentially that I couldn't hack college, I, the first thing I did was I'm like, well, fuck it, I'm going to community college. Crushed it, president's list, did all this shit. I went on to get my master's degree. Um, you know, six years later, like it almost at an accelerated pace and it was very spiteful, but it was good. Uh, this was, you know, essentially this was me going, you know what, fuck you, you told me I couldn't and I just did it. And then later on I figured out that I had learning disabilities. And if you were to go back to last week's episode, or two weeks ago, back when I had Yatnan, we talked about stories and defining us. My story at the time, when I found out I had learning disabilities, was a crutch. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Uh, you know, I had learning disabilities, I can't do this, can't do that. I actually started teaching math. Um, I taught for 16 years. But I started teaching math, and I, I tried to go to the administration saying that uh, uh, I wasn't able to teach math. And they kind of laughed at me. They said, nope, you're, you're, this is your position. You're going to go into math and you're going to teach it. You know, again, well, they they kind of got got me uh, upset because it's something I'm like, no, I can't do it. Okay. That's the resistance. When, you know, either yourself, when I told myself I can't do it, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You're a grown ass man. You You're educated and you could do anything you put your mind to. When you keep Affirming this and you keep going over and over and over and really talking about this in your head. So keep to bring this back around. We want to always consider what it's like in the qualities of having a fighter's heart. So that's that's diligence, that's going to be consistency, and it's having a set of balls. So when it comes down to it, when somebody is in your life, now this could be a loved one, this could be An employer this could be a teacher this could be a professor or this could be anything when they tell you that you cannot do something that you deeply desire to do immediately raise up those fingers and say fuck you something powerful in this because this establishes where you're at and establishes it's like throwing down the fucking flag I throw down the flag and I'm ready to go like let's let's do this so you have to draw the line, you have to go on the attack at this point. Every moment after this, you have to be committed to what they said you couldn't do. And this, you have to be deeply committed. So this is something that like, I literally in my house, I remember when I was told that I wasn't college material, I went around, I lived with my parents, and it's it's funny, I wrote goals on every fucking surface in my house. I had posters, because it was back when you actually had posters, I don't even know shit probably Metallica posters or I don't even know, lifting posters in my high school uh, bedroom. But I I wrote out goals and it wasn't my specific goal, but it was just the term goals. So I put that, I put it on the mirror in the bathroom, in my car. I put goals, I put goals everywhere that I would could see them. And in the, the past, I've actually, actually encouraged my clients, you know, the personal training clients, clients that, Um, I've had online or I work with online to write that out. Write down your specific goals and staple them, plaster them everywhere you actually can see them and you go. And guess what? People will question this. You know, people, my friends that came up, oh, what's this shit? I'm like, I'm going to college. Fuck you, I'm going to college. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, I'm going to college. So we look at this and me seeing it and that constant reminder, the constant trigger to go after what I actually wanted was what led me put me on the path to be successful so we look at that we look at the persistency idea and we look at the actual reminding ourselves of it and we look at you know at a base level i don't think and in fact i know that no one should take you off your track when it's a path that you want to go down unless it's like something fucked up and you're like you know what i mean We can delve into that later on, but we look at some other things, you know, you're not on the right track, right? But if it's, if I want to go to college, if I want to bench 500 pounds, if I want to run a marathon, if I want to buy houses and and rent properties and I want to make a million dollars, I mean, I think we all do, but if I want to do this and somebody gets in your head and says, you can't do it, you have to really question the relationship and question where you stand with that. You know, this goes back, and you know, a lot of this ties into the idea of the Fighter's Heart was uh, when I actually decided to take a professional mixed martial arts fight. This is something I had dodged since 2003, realistically, 2004. And the fight team I was with way back uh, was Bomb Squad before it split. And this was a team that uh, was we were training on at Ithaca College. And I got asked by my coach to take a fight. And I totally... Dick tucked. I was like, nope, 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 not ready. (laughs) I'm not going to do this. And I was ready. Um, But mentally and emotionally, I was fucking scared. So it took me a while in exposure. And actually, it was my ex-wife at the time, who really, this was in 2008, 2007, um, that kind of pushed me and said, listen, you're a pussy if you don't fight. True story. So the development of this, of me, this took me five years to really like to step into this and actually step up and get into a cage and fight. Something I wanted to do since I was, I don't know, since I ever watched, I watched first UFC, UFC one, two, and three. Way back, my parents had a discrambler. I think everybody can do shout outs to discramblers and illegal cable boxes back in the day. But we used to watch everything. And this, it was amazing to watch. So this is something I wanted to do, but I had like been exposed to this And I like, I kind of like step back. So given the opportunity, I finally have the balls to step up and fight. Cool. Guess what happens from there? You get this immediate, or I got this immediate panic attack. I'm like, I just, I just went in over my head. I'm going to get into a cage with another grown man. Are are you stupid? I'm Like in my head, I'm like, okay, I got this. And uh, my boy, Steve Krebs posted something earlier about fake it till you make it. Excuse me. Um, and a lot of people kind of do that, and it's bullshit. You got to want it. You cannot fake fighting and get in a cage and try to make it. So I had to dig in. I had to put the work in in a camp. And three weeks into the camp, found out my um, it was my girlfriend at the time was pregnant. And this you know this is 11 years ago now, so it's I, my daughter is 11, beautiful little girl. And I found out that she was pregnant at this time and I literally, well, not literally, but I shit my pants. I'm like this like I started crying and anybody can go back back in the day to a test when I was sparring. I'd break down in tears because I was so frustrated. like I decided to step in and take this fight. I, I didn't know if I was gonna win. I had to propose because that's what was like that was on the game plan. It was say the platter. And going into this, I like I had all this on my plate, but guess what? defining moment in my life was this professional fight. Now I had one. So I respect anybody that goes into the cage, anybody that fights, anybody really respect anybody that commits to doing something and actually follows the fuck through despite what other people say. So when I said I was going to take this fight, I started talking to my friends and I remember very close friends. And these are a lot of guys I wrestled with in high school. They're like, dude, do you, do you think you can do this? Like, you know, cause I didn't see anything through in high school other than lifting weights. That was my, um, my safe place. That was my activity where I like I, I pushed into where I really loved, but these guys are like, are you going to be, be all right with this? Like, what do you mean? I started to feel their negative energy. And once I started feeling this, I'm like, fuck you. I'm like, you guys are doubting me. I remember going into my weigh-ins from the fight now, the night before, we had to go to Atlantic City. So half the fight team fought there. And then the next day, I was still making weight. I had to cut weight for 170. And we had to go to Springfield, Massachusetts, where the other half of the fighters had their card. So I had to make weight. And I'm going there the whole time. And I'm, like, dealing all this bullshit. I go to weigh in. Right after weigh in, I see a bunch of my fraternity brothers, uh, my, obviously my older fraternity brothers, and some of my friends. And they're like, you know, you, it's still not too late for you to back out. Like, they were concerned about my safety, concerned about where I was at going into this. Now, this, for the most part, is before mainstream mixed martial arts. So we look at UFC. UFC was legal. But MMA was not legal in New York State. It was not legal shit. It was probably legal in in a handful of states, uh, you know, like 17, 20 states. So, you know, everybody's like, they're like, dude, you're going to die. I'm like, fuck you. Again, this, this is the recurring theme. This is my mental framework and how I think on this. So I'm going through this. I'm like, nope, got this. And uh, I went through. I weighed in. And I remember I went and had uh, dinner about 45 minutes before my fight because this was the, the day got delayed so much and uh, ate some food. And I came in. I started warming up and getting ready for my fight. And we had a little time, so one of my good friends, Jed, started doing acupuncture. And he goes, "What do you want?" I'm like, "What do you mean? What do I want?" I go, "I want something. I want. I want this fire. I want. I want. You want to not be nervous. I don't want anxiety, but I just want focus. I want to kill this guy." So I get up, start hitting the focus mitts, hitting the pads, and at this point, um, you hear your entrance music. So entrance music for your fight comes in. I had two fights before I was actually supposed to go on. So all of a sudden I hear my music and I had literally had just got my gloves on. I just got done to acupuncture and uh, I, all of a sudden my music comes on. They're trying to rush me out. I go, fuck man. I'm not even warmed up. Go out the there. I go out, get in the cage. And then the second my opponent comes in, the cage door closes around me. It was on. And I remember going out, touching gloves, touch gloves, And I come over the top with a jab and a cross right off the bat. And I got booed. But you know what I say to that? Fuck you. Because guess what? The second we touched gloves, it was on. I just had nothing but pure aggression. Like this was the fight. My whole camp and everything that I had done up to that point, this was a culmination of all that. It was a culmination of my energy. It was a culmination of my intent. And really, it's like when you're fighting another individual, it's often... I say it's very similar to how we fight ourselves and our our day-to-day stories. So this literally came down to me and this other guy. So he actually gets a takedown and I reverse it. He gets back, puts me in a triangle choke and I almost go out. The defining moment, this is where this kind of all ties into having a fighter's heart is that there's a voice inside my head and we all have this voice, right? Um, Hopefully we all do because otherwise I'm a crazy motherfucker that just has voices in my head and I might want to be committed But this voice in my head keeps popping out. There's one, and this is the shitty voice, and the shitty voice that we're going to have, and this is something it's like they actually did studies on, that the voice in your head isn't the negative voice or the the voice that pulls you off track is not the actual voice that you are or that you hear consistently when you're on point. So this is a weak voice. It's like, just tap, just tap, just tap. The other voice in my head, because I literally, I had 30, 35 people that came down, traveled to Springfield mass to watch me. I had proposed to who's now my ex-wife, but I had proposed to my girlfriend at the time and she accepted. And I was not in no fucking way. Was I going to go out? uh, I was going to go out in a stretcher or I wasn't going to tap out in front of everybody. Do just the mentality I have. And I knew if I kept pushing and I knew if I kept moving and I knew if I applied the technique, like I was supposed to, I would get out of this. Guess what? I didn't tap, I got out of it, and I turned around and won the fight. The moral of the story is that I had this other voice in my head that's always telling me no. Just like the opponent in the ring, he was fighting me. I had resistance and I had resistance in my own head, and the resistance in my own head was worse than anything I've ever ever had to deal with than somebody else. I had so many people being positive that at the end of the day, it was all the negative shit that I conjured in my head that um that created you know the disconnect so how do you win the day you create and cultivate the fighter's heart and what is that that is resistance that is resistance to you know maybe it's rejection maybe it's like you get rejected and you're like fuck you no i'm gonna do this anyway you know we always look at uh, uh something i have uh, a phrase or you know kind of an analogy i heard growing up was the the faint of heart never won the fair maiden so we look at going after that girl you love or you really want to take out on a date. And this is kind of old-fashioned, but do you have the balls to do so? If you don't, guess what? It's not going to happen. You will never create opportunities unless you take a step and, and put your foot forward and go after what you want. Same thing. Once you take action and put your foot forward, you're going to hit resistance no matter what. It's like that fight. When you hit the fight, you have to work for it. So, so many people, and this is where I turn it all around and kind of gather it up, is that so many people have the balls to take the first step but fail to follow through so i'm going to leave you on this is that a fighter's heart everyone's going to have their own meaning and hopefully you gather a bunch of meaning for this and if you do have meaning and if this does resonate with you you share these podcasts you share these facebook posts and you subscribe but where have you took initiative, but where did you fall off? Where did you fail to follow through? And follow through, the follow through for this in a lot of us is is difficult because it takes some time and it's not immediate gratification. You know what's cool? Uh, if I had went out and I won my, my fight by unanimous decision. Uh, so if I had went out and got a first round knockout, I don't think it would have been as impactful as me grinding out and really dis, you know. Beating somebody, putting him away on points, and making a definitive win. So we look at this analogy. Like, where where do you need to do that? You know, is it in a relationship where you're you know, fucking you're absent? Is it in a relationship with your kids? Are you not showing up as a parent? Are you not showing up as an employee where you want to go after a job that you know potentially maybe you've gotten you know burned out in a sense? Maybe you have to go back to the drawing board, or is it in your physical health? And oddly enough, this is probably one of the areas, despite being a strength coach, owning a gym and training people consistently, this is one of the areas I I don't like to talk about as much because it's, it should be, do you want it? Yes or no. You know what I mean? You're your own worst enemy, you know, on what you eat, how you train and how you apply these, these, um, I guess the mindset across the board, but really where have you followed through and where can you go back and reattack? So we look at the new year upon us, right? We have, it's literally, we have New Year's on Monday and rolling into the new year on Tuesday. Where can you go instead of the New Year's resolution shit? And honestly, they are powerful if you actually follow the fuck through. But so many people get burned out on New Year's resolutions, they get burned out on the concept, they get burned out on every and self-improvement, self-help, all this stuff, because people fall the fuck off. So where can you dig deep and go after what you want and not fall off really like push into it i will leave you on that thank you everybody on your mind aaron podcast episode three brought to you by dom z productions thank you guys